1: Hi there, Chris Malone from the
2: 98.5 KTK Morning Show. Here we go with your recap for Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. Here's what you may have missed or needed to hear it again from today's morning show. We talked about making your ladder safer at this time of the year. A lot of times uh, doing some gutter cleaning because of the falling leaves and Uh, Perhaps just getting ready to put up some Christmas lights. want to make sure that you're safe when you're on your ladder. And uh, probably one of the best things you can do instead of climbing up and down, up and down when you forget things is to make your own tool caddy, which you have all the goodies in in a a belt or in a satchel or something that you can take with you. So in the event that you uh, don't have the kids to help or if they start to help and then they just disappear for a long period of time, you won't be stranded on the roof waiting for something or having to go up and down, up and down, because that is when... You can kind of get into trouble. I thought this was a good, particularly good hack um, of installing a magnet on the top of your ladder, mainly because, you know, we're up there with screws and nuts and nails and all, all sorts of metal objects. It would be nice if something were to slip, uh, it would be able to be caught or at least have a chance of being caught by a magnet, or just kind of putting them there so you can get them quickly without getting into a bag or holding them in your hands. Uh, and then finally, add some traction or padding to your ladder, maybe a little bit of a traction tape or ladder rung covers so that you don't slip. Another uh, good hack to have, especially with ladders, is you never go on the top three rungs of a freestanding ladder or even a, a, um, a one that you extend, mainly because you need to keep your balance. And that's kind of the areas that we're leaning on. So you might want to put a little bit of padding on that part of the ladder so that uh, you know, you're a little bit comfortable when you're up there installing the lock. This year that Netflix was going to be cracking down on the sharing of passwords. And now we have a timeline as to when it's going to occur. I do know uh, some people that have had uh, Netflix that have gotten the message saying, hey, uh, you know, you can start your own account by clicking here type things. Um, Just kind of letting people know that, hey, we are noticing that you are uh, using a password that was not purchased by you. And now it looks like starting next year. Netflix is going to get serious. A couple of ways they're going to do this. The first one is uh, they're going to offer those that are borrowing other people's accounts the option to transfer their profile onto their own subscription, which I guess would be nice if you're in the middle of watching a particular series or or something, uh, your preferences are already set. You don't have to redo that with the new account, so that's nice. The other option is for those who hold the account by offering something called sub-accounts, where you pay a little bit more to allow Netflix to use uh, or for somebody else to use your Netflix account in a different home. Basically, they're going to be checking out the IP addresses. That's the unique address uh, pertaining to your particular uh, location. So if they notice two, they're going to get uh, that warning and figure out who's watching what and cut off the other one. Don't know if they're going to adjust the prices, because to be honest with you, I am one of those that shares my passwords with my sister in in Texas. And I actually pay the higher Netflix account because it allows for four streams to happen at one time. So it would allow uh, us in Florida to watch something and then my sister in Texas to watch something and then somebody in a third location, if need be, or in a, in a different TV in the house, we can all watch at the same time. I don't know if they're going to adjust those prices, but I understand what they're trying to do. I do find it funny, though, when this all started, Netflix was like, oh, don't worry if you share your password, it's no problem. Well, when they started losing all the money... Interesting how those uh, how those uh, good good wishes go away really really quickly. Uh, we learned about the new Apple products, Apple pa- iPads and uh, the new Apple TV. Basically, Apple uh, relaunching the the traditional iPads in new colors like blue, pink, yellow, and silver. They'll uh, also launching the iPad Pro which is a little more of an upgraded iPad, which includes uh, an improved camera, face ID, and a four-speaker audio system. All of them will feature a better battery life, improved cameras, and fast 5G connection as well. Uh, The big difference is with the iPads, they will all be equipped with the new USB Type-C charging ports. And I don't know if that means that the lightning cable is going away. But I do know that uh, last year, I know the European Union said, Apple, if you want to sell your products, you're going to have to either do one or two things. One is allow people to use the lightning cable other than Apple products, which Apple's not into sharing. The other option is that you must include the USB Type-C ports, which every other computer system uses because they want a standardization. I applaud them for doing that because that would be nice. So rather than um, you know Apple making a, a product that's only sold in Europe and then one that's sold to the rest of the world, they just decided to include the USB Type-C charging for all the ports. As for the Apple TV, the only thing I can see that's a little bit better is they're adding the, um, the better chip, the faster, newer processor chip, which Apple says will improve the performance of Apple TV by 50%. Um, the prices are going to be basically the same, which means uh, you know the current 4K TV, Apple TVs are, are pretty good. So maybe those prices will come down and you'll be able to save a little bit of money there.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: How late is it to eat dinner late? You know, because there are two sets of people. You have the early birds and you have the night owls. And there's been a lot of studies talking about night owls. Um, are having like poorer attention, slower reaction times, increased sleepiness, and increased weight gain compared to those that work uh, or are up earlier in the day. Um, And that is true to an extent, especially since there was another report that just came out that linked obesity with people be eating their meals too late or being night owls. And What I thought of this particular information is that that's not necessarily true. Being a night owl does not mean that you're going to be eating poorly or eating badly. What happens is that we assume those that are night owls are conforming to the hours that an early bird would do. So, for instance... Um, if you are somebody who works third shift all the time, like maybe our firefighters or, or first responders or hospital workers, those that work the overnight shifts, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're adding more stress to your body as long as you adapt your body to the new environment. By that, so let's say you, your, your shift ends at 6 o'clock in the morning. Well, you don't want to go and eat a meal and they'll go right to bed at 6.30. Because that's the problem, but maybe from six thirty to seven thirty you exercise, and then from seven thirty to eight you eat, and then at eleven o'clock you go to sleep for the night, and then you wake up for the for the third shift. The idea is shifting your normal patterns to fit the new time periods. The best advice this article and, and I've heard from many people are saying is that you don't want to eat three hours before you go to sleep. That will give your body enough time to digest the food, and so it won't quickly. Process something and store it as fat because you're falling asleep. Talked about the sins of taking your kids trick-or-treating, which is uh, coming up really, really uh, soon. And we want to make sure that trick-or-treating is fun and safe for all. So I thought maybe a little bit of uh, some guidance would be uh, apropos for this time of year. Number one, parents and older kids, don't be scary. Yes, Halloween is supposed to be scary, but the, you know what is scary to you may not be scary to a child or to somebody who's older than you you have some children that can take the gore and scariness no problem you have some older people that need Halloween to be fun scary so the idea is to really not do that um, at all because you don't know who you're going to be addressing especially if you're fun your type of fun is to scare kids you actually could put you could put them in a therapist chair for many years to come so be careful about that one Uh, this one is really good especially for the younger kids uh, because the idea of trick-or-treating sounds great but uh, you're, you're coming out of your comfort zone. You're, you're up at different hours. You're going to strangers' homes. You're required to say something, and they give you candy. That could can be very intimidating to smaller kids. Um, so the idea is that uh, if you go trick-or-treating and you find that your kid is like, nope, we're done. No, nope, I don't want to do this anymore. Don't force it. End the night right there. Head home. Try again next year it'll it'll be a lot better. That's also the same if you have a mixture of kids, some older and some younger. You're gonna find maybe the younger kids maybe want to go to two or three houses and they're done. The, the, the retention span is just not there. Uh, you don't want the older kids to suffer. So you may want to have uh, maybe your sweetie take the older kids and you take the younger or vice versa, or maybe a neighbor helping out as well uh, to make sure that the kids are supervised. And then finally, remember, the real terrors of Halloween are not the tricks or the treats or the costumes. It is the cars especially when you combine sugar-amped-up kids with uh, ill-fitting costumes with uh, grown-ups driving vehicles in the dark, perhaps after having a couple of drinks. So uh, they say, make sure everyone has a flashlight and everyone is using it. Put reflective strips on their costumes, especially if they're dark costumes, and make sure that their masks are not blocking their vision. A good way to do that, a lot of times I've seen parents do, is that before the kids go up to trick-or-treat, when they're on the sidewalk to the house, that's when they put the mask on, and then they take it off when they go to the next house. I thought that was some pretty good advice. And then uh, finally, don't freak out about fentanyl. There's been a lot of talk about Candy or fentanyl being uh, covered up or, or disguised as candy and being handed out. Let's be honest, for the fentanyl I've seen, um, I wouldn't trust that. <laughs> if it wasn't fentanyl, I would not trust a stranger giving that to me for me to eat to, to consume because it's not professionally packaged. And for the most part, there has been no real documentation of fentanyl or any sort of these these uh, yarns about uh, 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 razor blades in apples or uh, uh, you know needles in Snickers bars. There's been no documentation that has uh, that's been validated. That for the most part, those have cases have been targeted to specific people because these are crazy. Idiots. But in any case, it still doesn't mean that you shouldn't be looking through your kids' candy to make sure that, uh, you know, they, there's something that if it looks wonky or weird or you have any questions, get rid of it. There's plenty of candy, believe me. Um, and plus, that gives you carte blanche to kind of pick and choose which candies you want to take for your finder's fee. I love that. And then finally, one of those uh, conversations you have in the middle of the, of the night that keeps you awake why are defective cars called lemons? Well, um, when you consider that the lemon's been around for quite a long time, long before cars, why did we associate lemons with bad cars? Well, that actually, that tradition has been around for about 100 years, and it really is kind of describing uh, something being unpleasant. you got to admit, when you're eat a uh, when you not expecting it, especially as something as tart as a lemon, it can be a little unpleasant. So that's how the association with a lemon got associated with a defective car. And it wasn't until the mid-'70s before we had actually lemon laws on the books Um, and that was kind of solidifying our association with the noun or adjective lemon being associated with a bad car. I thought this was kind of interesting, uh, how a lemon can actually pay off in in a degree. According to analysis of used car prices against the MSRP of new cars, one color has the lowest depreciation at 4.5%, which is far below the average of 15%. And you guessed correctly, if you said yellow, that is the color of car that depreciates... The least. So there it is, the show for today, Wednesday, October 19th. Of course, we're live Monday through Friday, 5 to 10, right here in 98.5 KTK. You can always email me with your comments and suggestions, C-M-A-L-O-N-E at odyssey.com. That is A-U-D-A-C-Y
0: dot com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?